0: morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are it's breakfast somewhere so eat up welcome to breakfast with Vinny. food for thoughts food for thought food for thoughts oh okay easy does it it takes take it easy they love us already okay i'm very honored to have with me a special guest that really needs no introduction i saw him when he the group yes was just emerging and sort of at the peak of their original popularity uh, with king crimson with his own band uh two versions of his own band one called bruford and one called earthworks and we're talking about the consummate musician here please welcome to the show the great bill bruford mr
1: kalayuda hello great to be on your show.
0: Oh, thank you, Bill, and Vinny, please if you will. Thank you. Um so man, oh man, oh man, you know, I, as as a musician and as as an intellectual, you know, I have the greatest respect for you and I have to say that that I remember I remember seeing you uh in the original Yes when I was still in high school and you know those days were very, very defining moments in my life that not only helped shape me as a musician but I hold them dear to my heart for various reasons. Um, you know I think I think for the originality and the sort of chutzpah with which it was all being presented and and um, that it you know it happened you know. Th- it was sort of a part of the zeitgeist of the time as well. And, um, and, and musically it reflected sort of, uh, placing the importance on the whole of the entity and compositions versus just sort of technique for technique's sake. Um, because sometimes, you know, art forms that, that evolve can actually devolve, um, you know, in my opinion. So, you uh-huh. know, I, I have to, I, I have to say that, you know, I, I just, wow, thank you for all of your contributions. I mean, I have to preface this with that. And you know, you've you've been involved with a lot of bands. Whereas for me, you know, my thing is a little different. I've been kind of like a side man my whole life, and you know, I've been in si- group situations as a side man. But. Yeah you've actually been a member of bands and so I'm just wondering how you know the band dynamics um, sort of like you've got a lot of different personalities to deal with who are equal partners you know and and you know in the same way I think that a session player or a sideman has to be a psychologist yeah you have to be one in that situation as well but 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 it's almost more like a family or 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 even a gang, you know, it, it, as it, it were. It can be. It yeah. can be. Yeah. And so, oh. so 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 how does it ever? How do you deal with those kind of dynamics if it reaches the breaking point And you know, when when it's a situation where there may no be there may not be a clear leader, but it's more of like a sort of group diplomacy. How does? How do you reach agreements and have a common sort of, um, you know, focus? Yeah,
1: tricky, isn't it? Very tricky. I'm I, i, I I'm a believer in leadership. I think I think, that you can be a very subtle, very backseat leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be talking all the time. It's more or less the way you show people things, I think. Um, I was quite a lot older. I tended to be older than the young guys that I hired, young British guys that I hired to play with me. Mm-hmm. They had generally speaking more technical and musical competence than I did. Uh, I, on the other hand, had a, a lot of experience and an international platform uh, to give them. So, what you have there really is a balance of needs. You know, they need me because I have a platform, I need them because they have hot, a hot, young ability these days. Um, so, and when you have the balance of needs sorted out in a in
0: a group i think things will go well i think things will go well well that's that's well said i mean i've never i've never thought of it in in that in those terms the balance of needs um but i but I've, it reminds me of how some bands were actually cast where you might have let's say if you had 5 people in the band and you had 4 of them that were absolute technical virtuosos and one that wasn't Uh very very easy for someone or anyone to just say oh why did they hire that slouch you know that (laughs) sort of knee-jerk reaction to to passing that kind of judgment and it's so very 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 wrong because that slouch is exactly what is needed to create a balance you know and 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 i guess you said it a balance of needs but but just a sort of um yeah uh, 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 like, we all have different gifts. and, and um... Yeah. In the band, yes, that you mentioned, there was yeah. a wide variety of technical
1: capability. Yeah. I mean, the, the, guy, the guy who led the band would have played all the instruments himself if he knew how to play any of them. And he didn't know how to play any of them. So in a way, the musicians were kind of his orchestra, and he was slightly frustrated that he couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't actually play everything himself, because I think he probably would have done. Um, so we musicians so were sort of providing what we thought was necessary and it, within the people holding musical instruments, because the guy at the front with the singer was the man who led the band effectively the people with the musical instruments in themselves had a wide range of technical capability, right from the Royal College here in the UK uh, pianist Rick Waitman uh, Steve Howe, very good on jazz guitar essentially Um uh and, and people with more or less musical training. That didn't bother us at all. We assumed that was the raw materials we had to work with. And that's fine. You 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 get the best out of what you've what you're what you've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if I had any skill as a band leader at all, it was to um get the best possible out of a small group of people.
0: Okay. Yeah. So so in that situation when you're talking about the original yes. Was there a sense of frustration that you know the individual members' contributions to what was actually going to be played in the compositions were sort of stunted by this person who wanted to play all these. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like was there a sense of, oh, you know, we're being controlled and we're just we're just basically sort of pup puppets, you know, or or was there a bit of give and take and I mean if you're no,
1: asking it- I, not at all. I don't mind you asking at all. And I think I painted the picture uh, far too black. I, di- I didn't mean to imply <laughs> the sense of controlling quite that that yeah. way. Mm. We were all trying to make, bring a vision alive, but we were from very different backgrounds. Uh, that's also a, a common a, a point of interest, in a way, is that if everybody's from the same street in Detroit, chances yeah. are they all know what each other's talking about.
0: Yeah. What's that? In oh. our
1: band, we were from we were from all different corners of the earth and uh, half the time I couldn't understand li- literally what the singer from up north of England was talking about. Uh, I'm from deep south. So <laughs> England's Wait. a small place, but even within a hundred miles you can get confusion of language. Um, so we had a like wide- Italy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it a wide variety of people with a wide variety of talent. Uh, And a vague idea of where we're going. And if you're comfortable working in that format, as I am, uh, with a poorly laid out idea of exactly
0: what it is you're trying to create, I'm perfectly okay with that. Some people hate it. No, I understand. I mean, I've I've gone through uh, similar things as a session musician. I mean, I remember back in the day when, pardon me for coughing, when it was all still analog tape, I worked for someone once that um I'm I'm going to leave names out of this it's it's just no no sense in really getting into that Play whole thing it doesn't matter. Uh it's just situationally it's is what important here but you know he actually had me playing one drum at a time. Uh <laughs> in order yeah. to to create this drum track and uh, I, yeah. this is this is the epitome of control freak stuff um and so you know, it, and yeah. without getting ahead of myself, you know, we could sort of just jump right into present day when you now have many people who are playing multiple instruments and, and who can do and and want to and, and actually do do everything themselves, whether or not it's through playing multiple instruments well or enough to get the song across and then kind of fixing it later or a combination of that and programming and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's more of that happening um, that I want to. I want to get into this a little bit with, uh, later with you about the you know what, what I would call the solitary musician. Um, and so you know maybe it's just come to fruition now where people have ha- always had that tendency and now they have the means to do it. I remember when Pro Tools first came out, I thought to myself, "Oh Lord, have mercy!" These people who are indecisive, you know, and have just burned through thirty wheels of two-inch tape just to get like. 100 takes on this song that you're basically playing the same way anyway and never going to listen to all those takes and know the difference Uh, now it's really going to be you know all bets are off they're going to go nuts and just just sit there and just do the same thing over and over ad infinitum because they can and it's it's like a gold mine for these people who are indecisive or who want to be control freaks you know And, and and i guess that you know on on the one hand it's like well if you want to be that, you can. And and if you don't, and, and, and really, maybe it lets us off the hook a little bit. Like, there was a joke going around for a while where, you know, uh, us, some of us drummers that were doing sessions where, like, um, you know, it got to this point where everything was getting corrected, uh, you know, and there would be this standing joke where we would say, okay, you know, uh, we'd be playing and, and we'd give – Give them four bars. We played four bars, and they would turn around and just say, "Okay, that's enough. Sucks. Come on in." You know what I mean? So I mean well, as, so- as it doesn't matter. They're just going to fix it anyway, and just yeah. step all over it and just chop it up and spit it out. Yeah, I
1: remember it was, it was a terrible time in the studio, so I, I did it. It worked too. Yeah, to know that that was not really my place. I I wasn't very good under the under that. I was much better in a in in a, a less constricted or constrained environment than that. That's not my kind of. I'm not great at operating with that.
0: You know what? You're a creative person, and and that's all good. You you know where yeah. you know where you want to thrive, and where you do. Thrive. Yeah, and it's like feed that, feed the good wolf. Feed- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and of course, of course, what you, how you conduct yourself
1: rather depends what you want from music. And and there's some basic non-negotiables with me, and one of which is human interaction. So I'd like to play with some other person. I don't really want... I could have a home studio if I wanted to. Uh, I, could, I could probably make everything on my, the back of my, my iPhone in my bedroom. But I don't really want to do that. I'd, I'd rather play with another human being in the room, preferably four or five human beings in the room. Part of the problem there is the cost there's a very good book out what's it called it's called um death of the artist i don't know whether you've come across it or not it's a great book and this tackles the 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 shortage of money and and why it was sort of why we're getting the music we deserve it's an old adage you know that societies get the music they deserve or another way of putting you get the music they pay for Mm -hmm. and since music is free now we're down to one guy in a bedroom, kind of, producing the music, which yeah. he may or may not like. Um, uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm of course old school in the sense that I like two or three people together in a room.
0: Yeah, well, I think I mean that's kind of our default mode as humans, and it's yeah, part of so. our humanity. You know, it really is. And but but you know, we are we have this kind of. Duality, shall we say, you know, where, you know, the other part of us will go, no, nah, I can do all this myself. Han, han, han. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's that attitude yeah. behind it. It's like, well, I don't really need him. I'll save the money. And, you know, now on top of it all, with this glut of, you know, education available everywhere, because everybody and their uncle has a how to channel, <laughs> it's like everybody can kind of play now at least good enough if not being overqualified to do most things that they want to get hired for to do sessions so they say oh hey, you know yeah me i'll do sessions so the supply is greater than the demand and what happens when that happens of course economics 101 yeah the price goes down yeah well i'll do it for five bucks so you know what i mean and and, and yeah. values change economic values and aesthetic values change and I have to get that book. I'm really glad you mentioned it, Bill. And, you know, I'm, I too I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. I, along with many of my contemporaries, um, you know, I'm, I'm still in that kind of why did we have to give it away and why did they drop the ball? And this is really a big part of our problems. And some people will say, you're a dinosaur, you're a boomer, get with the program. It is what it is and stop complaining. And I'm like, oh, okay. You mean like just create like, you know, 10 streams of income for myself that are all tangential to what I do because this is what everybody has to do now. Like I don't have a problem selling t-shirts because I think t-shirts are cool. But if you tell me that I have to do that because I have to give my record away and not only that, but how do I get the money to make the record? You know, if we no longer have labels that are the bank's, funding it right. oh, what do i have to take a loan out and then well, what's my return on investment so you know I, yeah I, I get what you're saying about the cost of it but you know yeah back- i mean i mean how can how can any
1: any performer on a single dedicated instrument let's say drums or bass or viola or cello uh, that might take you know up to ten thousand hours hours award a master and without the benefit of uh, of state or, or private subsidy earn a living <laughs> you know, it seems to it seems to be almost impossible now to do that. So the whole idea of what you and I know as as a as, as a drummer, a guy who plays an instrument or a single instrument, more or less the music he wants to play, possibly, um, how can that person survive or, or or learn the instrument enough to to survive? So that's very difficult, I think.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, getting together with people, as you were mentioning, you know, um, we used to just do that. That was just how things were uh, yeah. when we were kids we would just go into somebody's basement and and you know oh he has a van great we can haul our stuff around and yeah you now in terms of recording stuff sometimes it would just be done on an open reel tape machine somebody bought one and nowadays i find that, that it's interesting that some people are going back and getting this old gear in order to create records that sound lo-fi anyway uh
1: and they
0: release that stuff right but that's,
1: that's regressive but it's fascinating. fascinating it
0: fascinating yeah 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 and, and I mean, I get that, but, um, but anyway, so, so I think that, um, I mean, you, obviously social media has a lot to do with, with the solid, yes. with the solitary yeah, musician. Oh. Yeah. And, and I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but, but mine, I mean, I can tell you what mine are, but I, I'll give you the floor take it away, Bill, and, and I can chime in, but I just. You know, about social media and, um...
1: Well, you know, now we're talking Brand Bruford and Brand Bolayuda, and and selling ourselves. This is hard. This is all part of what we all have to do these days. And, um, this guy who who wrote The Death of the Artist, will talk to you about the attention economy, which is a good expression, I think, the attention economy. So you and I... What it is. we're, We're kind of already fighting each other What are we fighting for? We're fighting for for attention of a pair of ears or a pair of eyes. Uh, And it's that fight that's so exhausting, I think, for most people. Uh, Most artists want to go deep, but they're being dragged to the surface all the time by people who need an interview or they need a little slice of their life. They have to sell their lives, basically. You know, how to keep the body and soul alive and still make a living as an artist. And this is before you've become accomplished on your musical instrument. this is this is hard work.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think that because of the attention economy, it's also created this almost necessity of um, you know doing what you do, constantly trying to raise the bar technically, but have this sensationalism where you're you know doing all this stuff whilst you're juggling chainsaws. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And and it's kind of like, to me, I'm like, nah, no, thanks. But
1: yeah.
0: And, and other people will say, well, why not? You know, this person could juggle chainsaws and do all that stuff. I'm like, who cares? You know, I mean, i well, all do respect to anyone that can do that. Okay, great. But, but, you know, the fact that it's not necessary because of this attention economy and it's just. Yeah, I I don't I mean again some people may say oh well this is an old argument you I mean we're so firmly ensconced in this now that why would you even bring it up you know and i think that there's a reason to bring it up because people still are are still talking about this and even even there you one might even see the occasional news article that talks about Deficit of attention span. And um, in fact, in fact, only yesterday did I see something where they did an experiment in a school. I think it was in Florida where they said cell phones. Uh, You know, you got to put your cell phones away. You you can't bring this stuff into class. Anyhow, what happened? Apparently, there was less bullying. um, (laughs) Attention went up. There was more yeah. interaction between people. Sure. So, so, you know, I I think that it's not an old argument. It's it's an ongoing and relevant
1: what, topic. What, I think young, younger people today may not know of the existence of any other world, such as the world that you and I grew up in. Exactly. Uh, and, and that we, we kind of did things in a different way to the way that they're done now. Uh, yeah. But I don't think young people know that. They think music is something done in a bedroom with a computer and one person on its own, and you sell it to a tech company or something. Okay. You know, they don't really really know how that works particularly, but um, I think a lot of people think like that. And the old idea of, of, of four or five people in an ensemble playing live is, is a rather strange idea. When young people uh, used to come and hear Earthworks, and I'm sure bands that you've been in too, Live and saw some small place like Baked Potato, maybe in LA, or Ronnie Scott's here in the UK. They'd always be, uh, you know, acoustic groups largely. They'd be astonished by the velocity and power of live close up music. They've been familiarized with live distant music, over 20,000 people watching a TV screen that's slightly out of sync with the performance, you know. The audio is not quite there. They kind of got used to stadium rock or Glastonbury here in the UK. Um, but close up and intimate uh, with any kind of music performance is a different thing. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, something less than 300, 400 seats. You lose it by uh, around 1,000 seats, you're going to lose it. But um, working that small level is really a pleasure. I've lived in that for the last 20 years, generally speaking. Well, on and off. Um and I like that a lot. And I think young people are astonished by that because they've, they've no idea that, that that kind of music, that small, intimate level, chamber level works and works well.
0: It does. And, and you're moving air and they're experiencing that. Um, I remember yeah. playing at Ronnie's with the late, great Jeff Beck. And we were playing quite loud in there and talk about getting air moved and experiencing <laughs> that, in that in that place yeah yeah that was a pretty prime example of of that in in a sense maybe an extreme one yeah for for that matter i mean i i personally like small theaters because i can still get a grasp of the audience but it's not too big that all that other stuff happens and but but anyway to be fair bill it's like you know i'm not against you know hey having my laptop in my bedroom and putting yeah it's just the idea that there is a difference and it's an adjunct it's if you want to do it that way, great. But when you don't know the difference, it's it's a, a, another ball game. I think yeah. you and I, like like for myself, you know, at the age that I'm at, I'm like, look, I lived certain things that you only know about through hearsay. And now um, the way information is being distorted, you may have heard about it completely differently than it really actually was. Yeah. So I almost feel a sense of responsibility to relay that to people oh, yeah. incorrectly. Uh, well- well, particularly, particularly people younger than us. Yes. I think so. So,
1: it took, in a way, it's all intergenerational now. Yeah. So, people like you and me, or well, me certainly, I'm not sure about you. Have a have a, a, a substantial catalogue of of ancient creaking music, which in in my case is on a, a YouTube channel. Some 150 old videos up there now. You know, mm-hmm. and young, young. I can I can try to connect them and say, look at this. Isn't this Isn't this weird? Uh, through the descriptions on YouTube, I can bring people in to why the musicians play music like that. And I'm, you know, trying to steer it more towards, you know, not too much our generation who already know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. the younger generation for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Bravo. Absolutely. That's, that's, (laughs) so, I mean, we've, we've, we've actually kind of touched a bit on this, oxymoron called the music business and <laughs> yeah and and uh, and, the, and the solitary musician but it's interesting also because the drums with all this stuff that's going on i mean they just keep on trucking and despite drum machines and plugins galore oh yeah people more people want to play drums than ever and yes now the world is a drummer um but but it's 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 I think it's a testimony to the power of the language of the drums and, and people resonate with with the human beat as well, so to speak, instead of just being corrected in 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 some d a w you know
1: <laughs>
0: yeah they yeah. The, the human beat there is a human beat that people resonate with just like just yeah. interacting with people so so it's interesting to note that that people want to play um. And yes, and, and and they love seeing musicians
1: playing when they, you know, on on railway station concourses, when some guy gets up and plays a piano, or you know what, um, the bucket drummers in New York City, yeah, you know, guy guys guys with upturned buckets who are wailing on the buckets, yeah, people stand and stare. It's a ma- it's a kind of magic to most people. It and really is. Sadly, they think you have to you have to come from the Royal College of Music to be able to do that. That's it, not true, you know. You don't have to do that. Uh, th- there are ways of acquiring the information necessary to to make uh, make a huge amount of connection with with a listener.
0: You know, it's interesting to note that a couple of things when they when they witness that and they see a kid playing on buckets and yeah. the guys wailing on them, and it's like he hasn't had any formal training, but he figured it out. He figured it out yeah. in a way and in a grand way we teach ourselves, you know, teachers are guides and we want validation. Um, and we get that through our guides and, and, you know, having the respect of our peers and this, that, and the other thing. And, but, but it also sort of like, if to me, it almost flies in the face of these how to channels that just take little minutia of things and just yeah. harp on it for 10 minutes. Meanwhile, this kid's just going, now here's how you do it. And he's playing and he's wailing on it and ta-da. You know, and, and it works. But it's interesting to note that there was a social experiment um, that was done several years ago that you may have heard about. It was a famous violinist, might have been Joshua Bell, um, who, you know, yeah. went and went busking, you know, and had his, his same violin, you know, playing the same way that he plays in concert halls. Right. And apparently the story goes that, People walked right by him. Nothing. Just, you know. So situationally, what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean, you know, when you've got people who are paying these high ticket prices to see him in concert halls and they can't, they don't recognize what they're with. Right. His, it, it
1: means It means they're not hearing the music. They may be no. listening to it. They're no. listening, but they're not hearing it. They're not. Well, but, but but the other way around, they're hearing it, but they're not. Well, I don't know, listen or hearing. Can't remember which comes first, quite. But one way or another, they're not paying attention to it. And the only reason they go in there and pay a concert ticket is economics and marketing. Yeah, see, so, you know, it's, it's a it's an expensive night out. It's a brilliant musician. We're going to go and hear Joshua Bell. Exactly. Yeah. But at, at the bottom of of the escalators in in the subway, it's uh it's a different thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right, it's, we oh, we can't, we wouldn't be seen like clapping in this.
1: Place. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, it's weird. It's like it's a societal sort of hierarchical, you know.
1: Yeah, clapping. it is a tough thing. It's, it's
0: market-driven.
1: Yeah, but it's, we have to we have to survive in in that market, and and yeah. you know, I suppose a good question is how far do you have to adapt to the market in order to survive in it. I mean is it possible anymore I I'm, I'm not I'm asking you I'm throwing it out you know to make works of art that are just from you just from your soul just something you need to make uh and, and can you survive as an artist today by producing just that that thing that's just from you or do you have to adapt it and change it for the
0: market uh, you know what I think I think that <clears throat> It's how it's presented. Some people some people just put out that pure thing and it catches on. And I'm not sure if it catches on because at that given moment enough people picked up on it to have it go viral. And it was it yeah. it, it, it was something that filled a need in this void, you know, where the, there were there were there were enough people and the sort of demographic that were aching for that that picked up on it um you know who knows yeah but 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 you know that i think that that's that's an anomaly that that's hypothetical situation is probably an anomaly and i and i and i I just think that whatever has the chance of surviving and being sort of recognized is all down to marketing i mean at this point yeah like it's kind of like it's, it's all, like, a, a personality contest. Like, who do you like better? Like, I mean, in terms of, you know, you've got people, all this ability and creativity, and it's, it's like, which talk show host do you want to listen to? You know? Mm. How, so how too many, much choice. It's a paradox of too much choice. That too, yeah. There's, it's it's in a way. Much. Yeah. And I'm not advocating for limiting choice because I'm oh. real big, really big on, on you know, freedom of speech and all of the things that we Americans Mm -hmm. enjoy constitutionally and in our bill of rights. I'm huge on that. So, you know, but, but, you know, I think, I mean, I've seen it, you know, and been to these, another thing, you know, reflective of my age is that I've been to, you know, places when they were still communist and it wasn't pretty, you know, (laughs) where you could just basically get boiled chicken and, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, booze, booze. You know, yeah. you could get water. You know, and 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 it was just way and repressive and oppressive. And you know, yeah. there is no choice. To on the other end of the spectrum, so you know, it's. Right. I guess it's those are just extremes. But but if I had to choose, I'd say give us choice. You know, I'd, I'd take choice any day. But um, yeah, sure, do you sure. think? Do you think that that? um just what does it mean to you to be a creative person and do you think that the creative uh impulse needs to be coaxed at, and and you know you have to be in the mood to do it or is it just come from just doing it
1: oh just doing it this the, the quick Definitely. Yeah, never never mind coaxing and the rest of it having to be in the mood and the rest of it uh you know there's uh, plenty of old adages about you know Music performance or an art art works are ninety nine percent perspiration, one percent inspiration. Yes, yes, you've got you've got to get started. But once you get started, you've got to put a second foot in front of the first foot, and then take another step, and then another step, and still you don't even have the chorus. You don't have the hook line. You've got to work out the lyric. How does that fit with the rhythm of the? Chorus? Oh, it's terrible. Let's go back five paces. You know that sheer. Bloody-minded labor, I think, comes in at the bottom of all artistic effort. Now, the lone genius paradigm, where some, somehow somehow was struck by lightning, and, and you could just play the drums because you were touched by God at that moment, you know, because it's not really like that. I'm afraid, guys. Well, you know, you, were, you you probably put in a couple of hours of that practice pad, Mister Koyuda. Yeah, a few. And I would think you did. <laughs> As an artist or a performer, I think, what am I doing? I'm. I think I'm looking for meaning. Uh, 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 to give pur- meaning and purpose, I think, and and meaning is produced for me when I register certain experiences as connected to other experiences. So over time, uh, my musical activity generates lived experience. Mm-hmm which when I interpret it gives me meaning. And, okay. meaning, and, and the reason I want meaning is because then that forms, the, uh, forms a basis for, for a um, possible change in my practice and therefore in myself. So in, in a way, I'm holding up music as a bit of a mirror. You know, you can do the, oh, that's what you look like. Oh, God, that's awful. You know, why don't you change that? Oh, I see. I, you know, you can use music, and I think any artist can do the same thing. Um, as a mirror to reflect back your personality, and through that to change, should you wish to, and I do wish
0: to. Okay, yeah, that's wow, beautifully said. Um, well, well, so, uh, yeah, sorry, there's a
1: lot of meaning in all and all that. The word meaning <laughs> comes up a bit too much, but I need that from music.
0: No, so, it I will tell you
1: a really scary, quick, scary story. Was yeah. Um, a very quick story. I was playing the studio date uh, in, in horrible circumstances. Spotlight on the drum kit, no other musicians. Except the musicians are up in a control booth up there, and they're kind of a bus line of you know, musicians waiting to come in and play on this track that I'm supposed to be performing on. The track is a guide piano. No other information given. I tried to play a basic, fairly basic 4-4 beat, and I'm stopped within seconds. You know, No, it's not going to be it. Try again. But try again what? I couldn't de- abstract from this situation. I could abstract no musical meaning whatsoever. The Enterprise seemed stillborn to me from the word go. <laughs> the piano track was just awful. It made no sense to me. Nobody told me what the song was about. I'm supposed to play this. It's absolutely ludicrous. And the more I tried, the worse it got. And it was my mind telling me that I was not in the presence of any music here. I could I could make no music here, which I think is a fair enough assessment of the situation. Yeah. So that's why I need meaning in music. That's why I'm not a very good studio musician. Yeah, that's but- why I need to know that the rest of the guys in the band and I, we what kind of serious
0: about this? We want to we want to get somewhere with this. This is really okay. Wow. <laughs> now that's that's so rich and so loaded that's a great example illustrating what you mean in terms of having to have meaning because you yeah. know, you're given a snippet like that. And, you know, I mean, I, I could run with this one too. You know, I've been in the same situation and I couldn't think of what to play. And oftentimes, you know, as studio musicians, we're trained to sort of try to get the right thing as quick as possible. Meaning right. that, that, you know, after you lock into something, it's harder to empty your mind. To think of something completely different, especially if if the artist and or producer says, no, that's not right. So, uh-huh. you know, so so there's a you know a bit of a double whammy there. But at the same time, you know, the real reason is kind of like, you know, that one bare piano part might mean something to the person that composed it because they have a, a a different picture in their head and yep. they were able to True. somehow contextualize it, and you can't how could you possibly contextualize that? Not, you, you, you really, it's not fair for you to be expected to do that in my opinion. Right. Right. And, and yeah. So, so I get that completely, you know, I, I it's, it, you know, it just reminds me of, of a time when I went in and I just thought, Oh, you know, I've got this big vocabulary and all these chops and I could figure out what to play on a song. And the, and the artist said, well, let me try and the artist couldn't play drums. But what they played was right. And it was an eye-opener for me. I thought, wow, you know, I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, how good are you now? But on the other hand, it's not just how good are you, but like, why would I have thought of that? Really? Like yeah, yeah. from another perspective, why would why would I have thought of that? Because nothing gave that clue to me. You what know, I, you're talking about meaning. And and you know, the whole meaning thing is. You know, in the in the sense of you talking of your life experiences to give music meaning, yeah. that's a whole other thing. That's like yes. n- and That's like the big picture, the big Kahuna, and and you know, it just reminds me of like you said, meaning and purpose it reminds me of Victor Frank yeah. and Search for Meaning. You know, and I actually I'm not I'm not going to talk about my my show here, but I did do an e- uh, an episode you know, it was one of my monologues that I called the will to purpose. There's okay. A right. So both of those things right there. So, so I, I get it, you know, and, and we need to have some kind of context. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. I mean, I totally get that. Um You know,
1: we're, we're all in music for different reasons. I defend to the death, you yeah. know, the right of anybody to be in music for any reason he or she wants And yeah, the listener, any any listener to get out of music, anything that he or she feels they can get out of music, that's fine. It may not be what I, as the artist, intended, but I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm concerned. Uh, I think with myself before the listener. I believe in the sound. Let me think that through. In that, if if I'm if if I'm on a roll and I know what I'm doing and the meaning is coming and there is purpose in this. And I'm convinced I can convince you. If I'm not convinced, there's no way in hell I'm going to convince you at all. So with the piano part story, I'm yeah, I'm the wrong drummer that day. <laughs> I don't mind saying, ask the wrong guy, get someone else, you know. But on my own albums, uh, you know, I've done my best to create context in which people can shine and which which it's kind of smells good. And at that point, I think I can. I'll go out to, to fight for that. You know, I, I'll go out to persuade you, Brian Bruford, that it's good, that it's all right, and I'm yeah. happy to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Bill, because on the other hand, I've, I've been in situations where there has been plenty of contacts where playing with um, pretty much a finished track, but the producer would have, you know, a billion drummers going there playing the same thing <laughs> as yeah. if they're, you know, they're, they're waiting for this magic... Kind of thing, and then it ends up that one guy plays the hi hat, and it's like, at that point, I have to sort of start questioning things and go, "This is ninety nine percent subjectivity right now." It's yeah, yeah. It's not lack of context. It's not a it's, lack of being able to abstract things from. Right. Yeah. It's also, ninety nine percent
1: spending a huge budget.
0: Oh, it, then uh, there's that. Then there's <laughs> that. Yeah. Let's, let's not go down that road. Hey, no, not at all. But but you, that was an, an amazing thing that you said that really encompassed the whole thing of creativity because, you know, and, and putting one foot in front of the other and not waiting for this magic moment to arrive. Because when you think about it, you know, some people, I think when they talk about, oh, I'm feeling, feeling creative,
1: it's like yeah. some yeah.
0: kind of magic cloud that just kind of descended on them. But oh, the what beast. does it mean to create? It just means to make something. Out of nothing, pretty much. You're, you're just creating. It doesn't mean that there, it's... it's Yes, yeah. It's a magic spell that, you know, yeah. Are you waiting for a, an eclipse in order for... Yeah, uh, all Indeed. of that. And, and I Indeed. think you spelled that out well. Do you have a problem with... I, I mean, what is your take on art converging with entertainment? Why do I ask this? Because some people... Think that the Twain should never meet, believe it or not,
1: well, I think they might be a bit too late on that because art can be hugely entertaining, yeah in and of itself um I'd like to feel even when I'm so busy with my personal inner thoughts about is this being of any meaning to me mm-hmm. I'd also like to feel that. What I'm doing in front of uh, an audience is engaging them like crazy, and that they are being entertained. Entertainment is seen as a dirty word among artists. It's seen as a trivialization of something. I'm not sure I'm on that side quite. I don't. I. I. I I'm entertained by all kinds of things. Um, usually, not what the entertainer <laughs> is expecting me to be entertained by. You know, yeah. He may be juggling like chainsaws, but I'm more interested in his red pants.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, you know what I can, that yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, that that miscommunication happens all the time in entertainment. I say, um, yeah, the, the art side of it, I think, is more personal for me. Um, I feel I'm in the presence of, of of art and artists on some occasions in music, and uh, and I've been in musical situations which I think are just wonderful. But whether it fits the current view of what art is in the 21st century I don't know. Okay. so I take a personal view rather than I wouldn't want to put put out an album and say this, this is not my art I'm not sure I want to do that it's part yeah, of my yeah. art. art and my entertainment I'm sorry to give get that last part it's partly my art and partly entertainment for me it. and for the listener
0: oh okay okay good point good point I mean I think that some people I mean even myself uh you know I I I think that sometimes rather than me thinking that I'm entertaining people unless there's a comedic element to it um you know would rather sort of say here's the music what are you abstracting from it and I'm engaging you and I'm 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 gently coaxing you and engaging you not challenging you or not to try to sort of, you know, get you flummoxed over it, but right. but but engaging you, um, and, and that's the sort of art part. And rather than me saying, hey, look at me twirl my sticks, I'm going to entertain you now.
1: Uh, you know,
0: if I had the choice to leave any entertainment out of it, I'd be happy with it. I'd be happy. Yeah. With, you know, the idea of me hearing a record eight times and listening to it over and over because that's just how we did things 40 years ago gave me the chance to hear something that i didn't hear the first time or maybe even the sixth or seventh time so i was sort of engaging myself in it not being entertained where i wanted to applaud them or clap or laugh but because of that reason so you know that's part of the reason why i asked that question bill um not and and it's not a trick question. It's it's an interesting perspective because there are entertainers or people who are entertaining that their entertainment contains art or can be said to be artistic. I think so I, huh. I think so. Yeah, but, you, you
1: know, know. This, this, this is could go. Well, There's a long discussion. Which could go yeah, into yeah. very difficult areas about high art and mm-hmm. low art. Right. And entertainment is associated with low art. It's a, it's it, it's it's partly contextualized as a dirty word by high art. Which insists, of course, that high art came from you because you're a genius and then back to Joshua Bell and all that. So, but again, maybe we shouldn't go down that road. It's, it's a long road. It's, a, yeah, it's even is a dirty word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should have left that one alone.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, oh, oh, wow. So, so, oh, okay. How does you decided, Okay. Let me just add one thing to this before I ask the next question. So there was a band in the 80s who actually said, you know, um, something like, I th- I think that live performance is self-indulgent. And would oh, rather-
1: the famous self-indulgent, yes.
0: Yeah, and that we would rather be recording. And I thought about it and I went, okay, yeah, maybe yes and maybe no. But but you know part of the reason why I wanted to be a studio musician was I was more interested in being heard than seen. So music uh, is an uh, oral, immersive thing that deals with sound frequencies and bathes you uh, in sound. Uh, and you know,
1: whereas the minute the minute you get on a stage, you are in a power space, especially yeah. if you're in, in the the powerful center of the stage where the singer yeah. stands. Your yeah. eyes are on him or her. Yeah, and you're in entertainment, whether you like it or not. At that point, whether you just, like it or not, just just picking up the drumsticks, and I'm comfortable with being on a stage. I don't mind that. I just feel I'm me. People stare at me; they don't know me at all, um, and I just I, to do what I do. And I would do it the same if I were in, you know, uh, playing in a small room with four four other fabulous musicians. You know, I would do it exactly yeah. the same. Whether it's thirty people or three hundred, I hardly change it at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So retirement. Why retirement? Uh, that's terrible. To to that. It's it's such a terrible word. I, I don't really I get know. it. I tried being
1: retired for a bit. Mm. Um but it's a difficult word. So I did retire at sixty, at the age of sixty. But I think it was kind of a burnout, really. I mean, the sweat and hassle of keeping a band together and doing one night is in Madrid from London. I mean, that's a 48-hour round trip to play for two hours. You know what I mean? It's, it's not really working. Transport's getting slower. Transport's getting less reliable around Europe. Really? Brexit. There's a million reasons why the stress factor is stratospheric. Mm-hmm. Uh, and keeping keeping a band in shape and having them when you want them and, and providing tours was very hard work. And I think I kind of just said I'd rather do something else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. You're allowed to do that. Some people call that retirement. I, w- I went to uh, to university and I, I got a, a, a doctorate in uh, musicology and wrote a book. And that was terrific. And I've been an academic author now for some five or seven, six, seven years maybe, and been gone 13 years. But you know what? These days, as I walk past the drum kit every day (laughs) to get to my desk, wow, it looks good. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, there's something about, oh, practicing a musical instrument and the sense of trying to do today something you were unable to do yesterday is something deep in my soul about that. And you know, there's, there's uh, many classical musicians also who are retired in the early 70s and still in good shape, um, but practice every day because it's been part of their lifestyle. It's what, it's what they've done their entire lives. So why would they stop it? And they enjoy practicing and they feel somehow they're staying on top of the instrument. They may or may not be. It doesn't really matter. Well okay. um, So I'm sort of retired, but I keep a, a keen eye, as you can probably tell, on the business of art the business of music the industry of music uh, what young people are doing the death of the artist uh, all sorts of tangential stuff and I suppose the only way I communicate any of this to the public is through your offices of your good self uh, and other podcasts and so forth um, and or youtube and many, and a YouTube channel. So that's probably the way. I don't really want to teach drum lessons. There's plenty of guys doing so I don't want to do that. Um, but I think, you know, speaking on this level with somebody like you is attractive. And I feel I can get a point across. It's nice.
0: Yeah, well, well thank you. And I, I, I agree. You've got plenty of points across. And, and and really, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my whole thing is, I think it's all concept and context. is It's everything. And if you, yeah. you don't get that, or understand it, or have it, then all the minutiae isn't really. It's just going to be unguided, reckless nothingness. Yeah, well, without I, any meaning. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, the fastest
1: paradiddle in the world without meaning is it's the most meaningless thing you can think of.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, it is. And and you know, and you know, to be fair though, it's like I get it. You know, people want to improve, and and there's a set of yeah. accomplishment and. Okay, that's all well and good, but you know now it's like okay, you're playing for yourself, and we really, I think, have to please ourselves initially anyway. So, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and we do it because we love it. I mean, I myself have been um, semi-retired, especially after COVID, uh, that whole thing. Uh, and, but but I mean, I I still I still do things, and um, it's just at a different pace now. But there are there are other reasons why I've 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 been in a in you know sort of a little quiet um, yeah. But I'll, I'll get into you know just you and I talking but um, sure yeah sure yeah yeah and, and but but you know I get it and I just think that it's interesting because you know you you feel like playing you'll play and 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 you'll just sort of remember why it is that you're doing this and the joy that you're yeah. getting in the process of. Just waking up and saying, hey, I have something to look forward to today, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's Of course, playing any any kind of musical instrument to almost any standard is enormously sure. good for you psychologically.
0: Yeah, and it does great things for your brain, too. It's been, you know, sort of revealed.
1: 100, I'm 108 now, so, you know, my brain needs a little extra work.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so, Bill. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> so... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask something that may seem trite. Um, No, probably like everything else I've asked. Um, But you know what would Bill, uh, let's say forty years ago, think or do if he had a glimpse or was transported into today, into the future, back then? If you were granted. That uh, transport would would that bill would he change course? Would he fire warning flares? Would he try to set up preventative measures for the great music giveaway? What would Bill think or Bill do, and how would it affect you? you get the gist of my
1: question. I, I think I think I do. If I was nineteen and surveying today's
0: music business, yeah. And you were transported into today, like the entire yes. societal situation today as well as the music business yeah Uh, it would it would be rough work and i don't think i'd be a musician
1: uh because i came to music through playing drums with other people uh and if i wouldn't or was unable to make that happen age 19 in today's modern world if i had been transported forward um i think i'd probably probably would have opted for something uh that produced an income because I believe I'm, I feel terribly, I, I don't. Know, I don't feel sorry for that's patronizing. I don't feel sorry for. I mean, I I feel for young people who want to play musical instruments. It's not easy to um, to uh, earn a crust here. Uh, no, as you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier on. Um, so I think probably I wouldn't have been a musician. I think when we started in post Beatles, it was a very very wonderful ecology that we were getting stuck into uh partly because of the Beatles success capital records was awash with money and uh, EMI records just threw money at strange things and in England you know a whole genre called progressive rock developed because there was money around to develop it mm-hmm. which is and that's pretty much the exact opposite of now so uh I would have found it hard to get started
0: yeah okay you know what I I'm, i think i'm kind of with you on <laughs> I, I probably would have rethought things and gone yeah not a good idea <laughs> you know and, and i hate I to say it because yeah. I've actually spoken to people in universities and you know try to give them hope and yeah and, and and you know i wonder about universities telling people oh yeah no you can you could do this and here we'll teach you the business of music i'm thinking. What are you teaching them? You know, maybe I should take that course and learn. Yeah, it's yeah. Blue and I've been in the business my entire life. <laughs> you know so what? am I missing yeah. here? And I see what's no, no, going no, no. on. No. Sure,
1: and you
0: know, I see it. I could see everything that's going on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but, but it, yeah. So, okay. Yeah,
1: hey, I've, I've got a question. I've got a question for you because I, I as, as I sitting waiting, waiting, I thought. And for for us to get online together, I thought this is this is funny and I just noticed a line in this book I was reading about how uh, what, so what what is success in the arts need what does success in the arts need and the author gives five things in descending order five items and i'm going to ask you if there's a sixth or a seventh first item is raw talent second is hard work third is privilege the fourth is luck or good luck and the fifth and final is connections
0: okay so i would say luck is when preparedness means opportunities the old cliche says yeah yeah i think that the other the other one that i would add would be you really have to want it with one pointed focus uh like a a, and a really eternal burning desire if you don't have that fuel, yeah. you know, and you're, I, I
1: think that's really good. I think that's a, I think there's a bad omission in that list. Yeah. I, you've got to want it.
0: You do we really yeah. like where you don't really care if there's a plan B. Mm. You, there's Pres- even an yeah. thought. So it has to be that sort of, I'm jumping off the cliff now and that's that. Um. It does. It does. Absolutely. And if,
1: th- there's a old line about if you can sleep at night, you shouldn't really be doing this.
0: You know. Yeah. <laughs> well said. And you know, I remember talking to the late great Chick Corea about this, and he said that you know, being in the right place at the right time is a very substantial thing. So that that would come
1: under luck. Okay. There you but go. Also, also, I'll, I will, I will also just add to that. This might even be the final thing. <laughs> yes. I would also say knowing that you're in the right place at the right time. Absolutely, that.
0: that's right. But knowing it and and seizing yeah. the opportunity, but being in the right place at the right time, falling under luck is only part of it because you got to be ready when you are in that bright place. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you got to be ready. Yeah, I when I came to L.A., oh. call me naive and call me stupid or whatever. But I felt, I somehow felt, I believed in myself to think, you know, I, I can back this. I have what it takes to back it up. Uh, you know, yeah. I didn't come here for nothing. I can do this. Yeah. And and it was just a real kind of just reality, not yeah, you know, yeah. Like arrogance or any of that. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. It was just, you got to know that. You have to know that yourself enough to go, yeah, I can do this or... Oh, boy, am I in over my head. I should have really had that plan B, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But but thank you for bringing that up and asking that question, Bill. And you're really, I mean, so I'm going to ask you one final question. It, oh, it my God. <laughs> so is there anything on the horizon for Bill Bruford that, you know, you're looking forward to or have maybe planned, you know?
1: Oh, or no, just, I'm
0: I'm not planning,
1: you know, running bands and making records and stuff. I'm afraid I'm done with that. Got it. Uh, I, I hang out with some jazz friends. We play locally, you know, just kind of in, in a local room and stuff. Right. But um, uh, anything else I'm planning? No. I I am re- reissuing records. Of course, that happens all the time. One way or another, demand demand uh, doesn't really diminish, funnily enough. It's gone away from CDs to physical and from physical to streaming. You know, I mean, demand is still there for the um, old records that I was associated with. Right. And uh, every now and then I have to listen to them, and they're not too bad either. <laughs> um, they're not too bad. There was a kid in there who had something to say, you know. Oh,
0: oh you I, better I, believe it. Oh, you know. That, that was okay. So.
1: Uh, I, I'm a happy guy, but no, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the front line of trying to get a one-nighter in Madrid.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get that. I have to just say uh, also that I I loved when I actually saw, you know, Earthworks, the, the way that you had your setup and it was all flat and sort of went out, in, you know, oh yeah, left and I, right. I mean, that was, I thought, that is great. He actually, you know, had the sort of, desire and said i'm just gonna do this this is how i want to set the drums up why do i have to set them up like they're always set up you know yeah for me and you know it might make me think different uh indeed, and indeed. yeah and ergonomically but, in a sense. like i thought that was really it's actually got me thinking about about doing that now because uh ergonomically it just looked great you know i have to say that so you
1: know where i got you know where i got it from I was, I was in PAS convention listening to a, a, uh, a seminar with the percussion, the, tim- the timpanist from the Cabal Orchestra of Amsterdam. Fantastic. And, and the guy had five drums in front of him. think two toms, two higher toms, and a snare drum, as I did. And he just, the, the way he swiveled at the hips was so graceful on a stool that allowed him to swivel. And it was just so graceful and he was so easy going
0: around. I thought, oh, I like that you know yeah 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 i'll borrow some of that <laughs> that's great yeah well wow i i was wondering what made you think of that that was really yeah. brilliant so well bill i you know i have to thank you uh profusely from the bottom of my heart for doing this i i this has been an immensely satisfying conversation for me and um and for me too Vinny. it's been a great pleasure thank you so much and um Yeah, so thank you, Bill Bruford, the great Bill Bruford. I'm just, yeah, thanks for being on the show. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay tuned for the next episode of
1: Breakfast with Vinny.